0: Um, num 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 Nom 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 of the hit the deck podcast where we talk deck hockey street hockey ball hockey it's hockey in sneakers but hang on if you guys are really fans of the show what episode number is this 69 dudes excellent (laughs) Uh, yes indeed this is episode 69 of the hit the deck podcast however As James and I are classy gentlemen, there will be no allusions made to activities found in less reputable parts of the internet. I make no such promises about the Miracle Mets, the moon landing, or Brian Adams. Is that fair, James? (laughs) Very. All right. Good, good. I'm glad you approve. Um, We have consensus. How are you, pal? I'm doing all right. Thank you. How about yourself? I am also well. Thank you. Very cool. Good. How has your week been since last we spoke? Uh, Yeah, it was kind of a rough week, but uh, hopefully everybody made
1: it out of Hurricane Irma in one piece and uh, wasn't as bad as they originally predicted. So, you know, our heartfelt sympathies go out to everybody out there affected by that. And of course, still... The poor folks dealing with uh, the remnants of Harvey and and all of the rebuilding and and getting their lives back together. And then on top of everything else, with September 11th coming by, just having to relive that horrible day always is a bring down. But happy that uh, we're doing another podcast, so definitely we'll keep spirits up.
0: As am I. And it looks like uh, Jose has kind of stalled out in the ocean, so it could be nothing or it could come straight for us in a couple weeks. It's really... There's no way to tell at this point, so uh, we'll just hope it kind of fizzles out out there. And I think behind it is Katya, Katarina, something. I don't don't remember. It's a K.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) I know they go in alphabetical order, and I think they alternate between male and female names or some nonsense, but stay out in the seas. Don't bother anybody, please.
0: Seems like some kind of uh, Eastern European female name. I just can't remember what it was.
1: OK, well, I uh, I screwed up and called Irma Irene and then you so politely <laughs> corrected
0: me off air. So thank you for that. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it has been a week. So, you know, it is it is good to get back into this thing that we're doing here. Hey, I wanted to ask you, actually, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. As we discussed off air, you are going to be finally getting back in the saddle for deck hockey this weekend with the LIQ, making your long-awaited return. And uh, you had mentioned to me that you had been practicing. So uh, would you mind letting us know what that routine entailed? I'd be happy to. It's just uh,
1: so exciting to finally come back and be with you guys. I miss you guys so, so much. And I miss playing and everything. So it's been a long time. But the routine that I go through, uh, at least we have the benefit of nice weather here in the tri-state area. So I just walked down to a park, which is, I guess, all told about a mile going to and from. So it's Not too close, but not too far. So you get a nice little warm-up and cool-down on the way to and from. And it's a handballed court, of course, so got to do that in homage of the LIQ. And uh, I take a tennis ball and also a regular uh, deck puck. And first I start warming up with the tennis ball to just practice passing and bouncing the the ball off of the wall and then trying to receive passing uh, as well because I have trouble with that in-game. So a tennis ball makes that much heavier and harder to do. Then I progress through the regular puck and take shots from the outside and then pretend to go on breakaways, do stick handling drills. And uh, the good thing with the handball court is there is a couple of lines that is basically the width of a goalie net. So I just try and pretend I'm shooting at the glove side or the blocker side or five hole and, and pick my shots. And. There is a method to the madness. So uh, a bunch of running around and practicing blocking shots and things of that nature. So that's my little routine, and hopefully it'll pay off. But uh, I'm paying for it today, but in a good way.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, uh, since this is a uh, statistically important for no actual reason podcast, what say we jump on into our introductions for the evening? Sounds good, sir. All right. Well, then, in the traditional manner... Uh, let us go to our starting lineup and for tonight's starting lineup in goal as ever. I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my classy co-host <laughs> on defense. Number four, I'm James Sejazi. Yes, yes. And James, would you do us all the service of telling us what is on deck for this podcast? Will do, sir. Thank you. Thank you. NHL 18, if you're listening to this
1: podcast when it's hot off the press, then the new EA game releases today on 9-15-17. Gary and I give some reasons why you need to shake down mommy and daddy to buy this game for you. Mr. American Rhino, if you would please. EA Sports. It's in the game. Perfect. That's using your head. Maple Leafs fan offers a unique reward for donating to Canada's Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer campaign. And decking around. In honor of the 69th episode of Hit the Deck, the American Rhino and I will go over some things that made the year 1969 so incredible. And no, we're not that old, but we always give credit where credit is due. And that's what's on deck.
0: Thank you, James. My pleasure, sir. Excellent. So I guess we start off with one of my favorite things, vidger games. Yes, sir. Them dang uh, idiot box things, or um, as my mother-in-law refers to it, uh, playing thumbs.
1: (laughs) That's one way to put it. Yeah, Yeah, but um, these games have come a long way and are pretty sophisticated Mm -hmm. nowadays, but I guess when it all boils down to it, she's right. It's playing thumbs.
0: I suppose, <laughs> although there are other fingers involved now.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that's true.
0: Got your uh, your your two kind of uh, pointer fingers for uh, for the trigger, the, the shoulder buttons. So right, you know, yep. most most systems have those now. So you know, that's uh, it's, it. It's moving up in the world. Yes, sir. So are you in line to get uh, NHL eighteen? You know, it's funny. I was actually talking to LIQ original Rob about this just over the weekend. This, And I told him that I was not, in fact, planning on getting this game. Although, now that I see some of the features, now I might have to rethink that. Because it does look pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and again, we suggest that you politely ask your mom and or dad to uh, maybe, you know, early Christmas present or late birthday present, whatever the case is. If your birthday's around this time, then win-win. But... Yeah, there are a lot of cool features on this game. And that's one of the benefits of EA Sports, as Gary and I have spoken about in podcasts past, is that they do give you plenty of reasons to buy the new game that comes out every year. And uh, Mr. American Rhino, if you wouldn't mind kind of taking us through some of the new features of the NHL 18.
0: Yeah, well, first they have this uh, So this cool what they call an arcade feature. It's three on three, which is a uh, pure old fashioned video game fun, also known as overtime in, in the modern NHL. But uh, that's OK. You know, it, it, it is it's I mean, there's a reason why they went to that format for overtime. It, you know, it is fun. It's fun to watch. And I assume it's fun to play as well. You know, it's more open and it's a lot faster paced usually. And it, It's kind of. Less of a focus on solid defensive play, and it's a much more run and gun style, so it's fun for everybody but the goalies
1: exactly. I also heard that you have the option that you can play as mascots, oh wow, okay, and also there's something referred to as the quote unquote money puck, which if you score with that goal, I think you automatically get four goals at once or something like that. so
0: I don't know how on board I am with that, but uh, I don't know about that either. But- that mascot thing, I tell you, reminds me of uh, NBA Jam. Because ah. uh, did you play NBA Jam, James? I did not know. Oh, uh, I had I had NBA Jam and NBA Jam Turbo Edition, and that game. One of the the features that I guess it was famous for is unlockable characters, and they had all kinds of unlockable characters in this game, from like mascots that you could play as to like hillary and bill clinton oh gosh like you know everything in between it it's crazy you you'd, you'd find the code or whatever to unlock this character and then you just it would it would be you know some pop figure or uh some crazy character that you could play as on your team and and you know on one of the however many 30 or whatever nba teams that were in the game so That's it was pretty neat. cool yeah yeah, and, and that was a total arcade experience. It was two-on-two two and, and you know, basically no rules. You could just shove somebody and take the ball and go down and <laughs> score. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. That's that's how I did most of my scoring. Excellent. Well, yeah, so <laughs> maybe that's
1: that... Two-handed
0: shove. Thank you very much. And here we go. He's heating up. He's on go. fire! See, see, uh... The the second consecutive basket you would score, the announcer would say, he's heating up. And then if you scored a third consecutive basket, it would be, he's on fire. And then the ball would start flaming for as long as you had possession of it. And while you were on fire, you had unlimited turbo and better, I guess, better accuracy. So, you know, you wanted to be on fire for as long as possible.
1: Okay, well, let's see if uh, NHL 18 borrows from those things. <laughs> and yeah. uh, You can be a uh, an on-fire hockey player
0: or mascot. Although that might be counterproductive because it might melt the ice and, and cause you to go slower. Yes, but
1: then you end up playing deck hockey. <laughs> that, that's a, hey,
0: there you go. <laughs> that's, that's true. I'd like to see deck hockey mode in one of these games one time.
1: There you go. That's a great idea.
0: Are you listening, EA? Yeah, probably <laughs> not. No. I mean, you know, maybe if so, hey hey, we're still (laughs) available for sponsorships. (laughs) Yeah. uh, we'll talk up your games. Um but uh yeah, so that that's the arcade mode. There's also um this is a little bit more in your wheelhouse, James, the uh defensive skill stick. So I uh, love the title of it. That sounds cool. (laughs) yeah it's I mean, they've had the offensive skill stick for years, which is basically one of your analog sticks on the controller. It allows you to manipulate the puck more uh, deftly and more, I guess naturally. so you instead of just pressing a button to shoot, you can use the stick to to figure out where the puck's gonna go. with this defensive s- skill stick, the defenseman can, you know, you can move the stick. Uh, the analog stick and your defenseman stick in the game will uh, make the corresponding actions. So you can like sweep the puck or you can try to poke check. You can sweep your, your stick around to block the passing lanes. And, and then of course there's the regular defensive plays and, and uh, you know, if you turn off penalties, you can do like uh, like the NBA jam or just, you know, Check people out of their shoes and and board them and, and knock their head off and take the puck. Oh, boy, this sounds like a lot of fun. And they improved. They leveled the playing field on the defense, and then they promptly uh, <laughs> tilted it again back to the offense because they gave them some new options, too. So they can deke now. Uh, I mean, I guess they could deke before. You could deke before, but there's new, like, deke options And uh, you can do, like, tricky trick shots behind the legs and one-handed shots. You can be Carlos, basically. And uh, (laughs) toe drags. So you you can do some pretty cool stuff with uh, these new features in NHL 18. Awesome. But I don't—that is, in fact, probably not the coolest part. The coolest part is that, as you know, James, we are welcoming a new team into the NHL this year, the uh, Las Vegas Golden—I'm sorry, excuse me— the vegas golden knights there there is no loss in their name a loss they have uh, they have rejected that uh, those three letters but uh hey, it's their loss <laughs> 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 Whoa! yeah but uh yes, yeah, so I, I was actually talking to Rob about this when we were talking about the game. he was telling me about this feature and mm-hmm. uh so along with the Vegas team coming you can actually you have the option of increasing the total team count to 32 and adding your own new custom team which you can draft players for you can pick the city that the team is going to go in and it it is not for once limited to the United States. You can actually pick a European city to house this 32nd team. You can build the the arena. You can design your uniform and the logo. And you can create your own mascot, which uh, is, again pretty awesome and apparently you can play as the mascot in three-on-three arcade mode so you know choose wisely it all comes full circle man that is really awesome thank you sir that is really awesome and as i said i might have to rethink this thing because uh i was not planning on getting it but now yeah we'll see yeah
1: it, 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 they did a great job there's a lot of new bells and whistles out there and The gameplay itself is always a lot of fun. It's Mm -hmm. really as realistic as it gets. And the physics that they put into it is fascinating, which we have talked about in the past, too. So that is just I I, I wish I was back in school. So I had many hours to just devote to doing all of that in-depth stuff with the game itself. That's that's pretty awesome.
0: I wonder if you can make a mascot for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. (laughs) And if you were going to do so, I wonder if you would pick the gentleman we're about to talk about.
1: Very well done, sir. Yes. Speaking of uh, virtual reality in a certain way, there is a Maple Leafs fan who has become quite famous from the last playoff uh, appearance of the Leafs versus the uh, Capitals. And uh, his name is Jason Maslikow, a.k.a. Dart Guy.
0: Now, see, and- that, that sounds dangerous to me. I wouldn't think they'd let him in the arena. That, that's, uh, does he just wing darts at uh, the opposing players and, and that's why he's famous? thank you for bringing that up because I was
1: curious why he was called dart guy. Yeah. So just the reason why he's called dart guy is that apparently Canadians refer to cigarettes as darts. The heck you say? I, I just found that out um, maybe a couple of hours ago, but, uh, this super fan, he painted his face with the leafs leaf on his face mm-hmm. in, in blue, uh, with the white background. He has a mohawk and his hair was shaved into it uh, around the sides, you know, with just with the mohawk. But it shaved out on the back of his head, gold leafs go. Yes. And uh, he even dyed his beard blue, and he had a cigarette, an unlit cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. So for some reason or another, he became kind of famous. He's a he's a hero in Toronto now, and um, he has his own Twitter feed and Facebook page, as you can imagine, and stuff like that. So he has become a cult hero, and he even was brave enough to go down to Washington for a couple of road games too and support his uh, – beloved Maple Leafs. But uh, he had a cigarette in his mouth. And what happened was somehow or other, I tried to find out where and how he did this, but he made a 3D bust of himself. Hmm. It all made up in the face paint and with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth, because that's the picture that became a meme and whatever you refer to that as. I believe it's a meme. A meme. James, thank you. Yes, sure. And uh, made its rounds through the internet and people would just superimpose his picture on different things, usually leaps related. And that's the 3D printed out bust that he has of himself.
0: You can Cigar- do a lot of, and- sorry, James, you can do a lot with 3D printers these days. They're, they've are they become very, very advanced. I think they're on the verge and I'm, I'm not kidding about this. I think they're on the verge of being able to 3D print organs for people. So that's, oh, wow. uh, you know, th- th- I think that's still in kind of like the, uh, very early kind of testing phases, but yeah, that's a breakthrough that's not far away. So that's, uh, pretty exciting.
1: Again, Star Trek comes through. It's a replicator now, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, that, it's, that is amazing.
0: It's not far off. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
1: yeah. And, and 3d printers have been around for a few years and they've already done so many great things in helping people like making hands and, and workable hands and things and, for people that have lost their hands or limbs and stuff, it, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating, but that, that is amazing. But exactly, this guy, I guess, I don't know if he uh, had his own 3D printer or some connection or stuff like that, because there are miniatures of the bust that you could get on your own, but the cool thing is the authentic one is he's offering it up for an auction, And the auction is Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer. And this is a Canadian charity that features 150 teams among multiple leagues and the road games only for some reason. Hmm. Uh, So they sponsor the, the road game, the road teams, and along with celebrity appearances, musical acts and fan contests. And this year, apparently it's an annual event. This year it will be held on September 23rd in Toronto. And it goes from dawn to dusk. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, um... Mr. Dart Guy is going to offer the bust. I think there's two of them. So two fans, if they win the most money donated, could uh, go home with their own very own Dart Guy. And also Brendan Shanahan of the Maple Leafs, he is the president of the Maple Leafs, he actually guided Dart Guy to quit smoking. Mm. And that also was a way for him to raise money for the, uh, the charity, which donates all of the money to the Princess Margaret Cancer Center. And so far... Dart Guy has raised five thousand seven hundred dollars on his way to the ten thousand dollar goal, so good luck to him. It's a great cause, and you gotta love hockey,
0: yeah, God bless, but wait a minute. you're telling me shanny de darted him now he's just guy <laughs> excellent point <laughs> uh, come on, come on man that's uh <laughs> you you've you've stolen the guy's identity you've probably added years onto his life but you've stolen his identity what does he have to live for i mean i guess the maple leaves pro- presumably yeah. one one presumes but uh and and you know friends and family and uh, i believe he's married so yeah oh, I, you're right yes i i assume he he has a wife and possibly children to live for as well but but really why are you taking his dart <laughs> yeah. i'm curious to know why they Refer well. I, we don't. We won't even go into what the uh,
1: the Europeans referred to, or at least English referred to cigarettes as. But probably dark, for the best. I, yes. Yeah, I I don't get it. Um, but whatever. <laughs> You're right, though, they're taking his his identity away. And if you quit smoking, I'd imagine that having an unlit cigarette in your mouth would be torture.
0: You know, uh, yeah, probably. You know, this road hockey to conquer cancer charity, you know, we, we play street hockey and another word for street is road. So are we playing road hockey or we you know, is this something that we should be a part of? Yeah, that's a good question.
1: We we will have the link up on our Facebook page and Twitter accounts as well for everybody listening out there. Uh, There is a Twitter feed specifically for this that uh, the dark guy has. He has his own Facebook page and it's just devoted to the Conquer Cancer campaign. So you can find out there. Uh, I know that it's all Canadian and it's based in Canada and all that stuff. So I don't know about the differentiation in the, um, monetary funds and things. Of, I don't know if the American dollar is more money than whatever they're using up in Canada or whatever the case is. But I believe they also use the dollar, just their own version. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm very worldly. But <laughs> um, it's at least worth looking into. So I don't think that they'd have a problem if you want to be generous. And maybe if we could even combine funds. And uh, if there's a Maple Leafs fan around here that we know, I'm sure they won't get along very well with our Islander fans because of that rivalry <laughs> over the few years.
0: But... Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go.
1: I don't think Brad's going to talk to us ever again unless he's <laughs> bashing us over the head with a hockey stick. It's bad enough we're Ranger fans. I really don't want to push our luck. So.
0: You know, they, they also, in Canada, they have the loonie, uh, which is, oh, I believe, yes. a coin. Uh, I don't know what it's worth. I don't know how many loonies to a dollar, but, you know, that's. Uh, th- I think they also have the toonie, but I don't know if that's still a thing. But, uh, yeah, so Canada. That's right yeah so that's a good point. you know we're playing deck hockey
1: and we're getting get together and stuff like that. so might as well put it to a good cause and we'll have our own um dark guy or like you said just guy, yes
0: <laughs> I mean, right around yeah we we already have a buddy in our league uh, I guess right. we could we could have a guy <laughs> easily enough and since we are already we already seem to be decking around on this podcast we might as well segue into our last topic
1: yes siree as gary alluded to before so well that this is hit the deck number 69 it's oh, been yeah.
0: uh, me and my buddy in a 69 podcast <laughs> it was the podcast episode 69
1: all right i'm done yeah thank you i completely forgot about the brian adams song yeah <laughs> and, uh, going over some great things about the year 1969, mm-hmm. even though I think that came out in 83 or 84 or whatever the case was. But ah. as uh, Mr. Adams said that the, it just sounded really cool and the summer of 69 was so legendary that he might as well just write a song about it. I think he was right too, because it sounds much better than the summer of 82 or whatever, but
0: <laughs> yes, right. Yeah.
1: Not that it was a bad summer, but still, uh,
0: I guess I I can't think of anything memorable that happened in 82. I'm sure some people were born. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I turned two. yes. That, that is, that is a milestone to be celebrated to be sure.
1: Yeah. I remember. Well, I was four. So I do remember Italy mm-hmm. winning the World Cup that year. So yep. that was pretty mm-hmm. exciting for, for us. So that was cool. But uh, anyway, yeah. But the, with the connection of, of the 1969 year and, and, and uh, we being big Mets fans and stuff and my favorite car of all time is the 1969 Charger. So we just decided to pay homage to the great year. And, and it's just amazing how many, when you really think about it. How many awesome things happened in that year? It's astounding. So we're going to list them for you.
0: Yeah, well, as you mentioned, the Mets, I guess first and foremost, given who you're uh – I was going to say who you're talking to, but you're not probably doing much talking. You're mainly listening to James and I talk, which, uh, I mean, we really don't let you get a word in edgewise, which is kind of rude of us. If you'd like to, we'll tell you just in a little while how you can contribute to the show if you so choose. But for now, you're just going to have to kind of shut up and listen, I guess. You know, no offense. But uh, yeah, so the Miracle Mets, I mean, they really were, there's a reason they were called the miracle mets, you know, you got to believe. They they went from they they went from worst to first in a month. Like they went from being a last place team to winning the World Series in a month, which is just incredible. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the Mets, I'm I'm sure you've probably heard of the Miracle Mets even if you're not a Mets fan because they became a very iconic team. They they've been featured in a number of motion picture films. Motion picture film? How... Motion picture cinematic performances. I don't know. Like, do I work for the Academy? All of a sudden, I don't know why I'm being so formal. They've been in a bunch of movies. A couple off the top of my head, I can think of. They played a major part in the movie Frequency, which they recently made a, a TV series based on. And they also played a not insignificant part in men in black three. And, you know, those, those were movies that came out Well, men in black came out, I don't know, four or five years ago, probably. And the, the frequency movie came out, I don't know, maybe a decade before that. I don't remember exactly, but like 2000,
1: I believe. Yeah.
0: Oh, was it that uh, far ago? Yeah. Okay. So, but, but still that's, you know, 30 years after it happened. So obviously it made an impression. Exactly. Yeah. that That's just so legendary.
1: Great point too. just the fact that how they made an incredible comeback and won a hundred games and then just rode that momentum to win the World Series. And I kind of resent when people look at it and say, oh, gosh, they were such underdogs in one aspect because the pitching was astounding and the, the coaching was second to none. I mean, Gil Hodges, you've heard me um, go gaga over Mr. Hodges many mm-hmm. times and deservedly so just a great man. But um you know, when you have Seaver and Kuzman out there as one, two punches, and, and a young Nolan Ryan and uh, Gentry out there, that, that's that's pretty incredible. And they had the great pitching, which we got a taste of that to the modern Met fan, and, and we'll get back to the hockey stuff in a minute, but um, for, the, for the younger generation with 2015, we had great pitching, but we didn't have that good a defense, and that really I say we because Mets fans, excuse me, but the the Mets didn't have as good a defense, and that's what cost them. On the contrary, in 1969, they had a good offense, but uh, they had excellent defense and outstanding pitching. And to take out the Baltimore Orioles that were just a juggernaut and went on to win the World Series at least one or two more times during that era, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you look up and down that lineup, they had uh, nothing, and and Earl Weaver himself, one of the most legendary managers of all time, but uh, they were just stacked up and down, many Hall of Famers on that team, but exactly, just amazing what they did in one season all by itself, and uh, coming around and and winning the World Series and just taking the city and, and the country by storm.
0: I've lived through this twice now, James. This thing with the Mets where they have supposedly a pitching staff of phenoms that's going to carry us to a glory, to the promised land, and then flame out spectacularly twice, James. In the mid-90s, there was Generation K with Bill Pulsifer and Jason Isrighauser and Paul Wilson. And now you know the obviously they they just they went nowhere fast. And then now you know Harvey and Cindergaard and Degrom and Wheeler and oh, Murderers Row and all of them collectively had their arms fall off at the same time. It's like I just I, I'm a Mets fan. All right, so you shouldn't have to share our pain. I'm sorry. <laughs> we should move
1: on. You and me both, brother. But, yeah, getting back to some good accomplishments back in
0: 1969. Yes, yes. Uh, in, in in the uh, <laughs> in 1969, it felt like the, uh, the Miracle Mets, the, you know, the, the fans felt like they went straight to the moon when they won the World Series. And they were in good company because 69 was also the year that NASA first set foot on the moon. And, uh, it was one small step for man, one giant leap for this podcast. Cause it gives us something else for us to talk about and, and uh, you know, make, uh, make a meal out of this segment, which is pretty thin on, on the, uh, the first glance.
1: Uh, yeah. Again, we're just celebrating. That is our 69th edition. Of it. We, we've stuck around for this long, yeah. but, um, but yeah, again, um, that, that's just incredible. Especially when you, look at the history of the heroes that were involved in the Apollo 11 successful mission going to and from the moon, Mm -hmm. which is astounding in the worst possible conditions that there could be. And I've heard it said, scientists saying this nowadays, that the amount of technology that was in the uh, Apollo 11 capsule wasn't even nearly as much as in forget about a cell phone, mm. but not as much technology as in like a digital watch or something.
0: Yeah, a calculator. Just,
1: yeah, yeah. It's just really absolutely mind numbing when you think about that, where they actually had physical switches and and uh, analog things and they had to figure things out on their own. It was just unbelievable and, and using the gravity and rotation of, of the moon and the earth and unbelievable so you're talking almost 50 years ago yeah i
0: mean you think about the time like back then the iphone 10 that apple just rolled out for a million dollars uh (laughs) you know you think about well the the capabilities of that piece of technology and in order to replicate that amount of processing power in the, you know, 1969, they would probably require an entire floor of a building to house all the computer equipment with the, the, the magnetic tape reel to reels and the vacuum tubes and, you know, whatever else they used in order to actually physically replicate what we can do now with microchips. And it's, it's just insane. It's, it's crazy. And they didn't have a room or a floor full of space the the space capsule they had a tiny tiny area that was i don't know maybe the size of your bathroom if you know you have a small bathroom and they had to think- fit not only all the computer stuff but they also had to fit the three crew members and the physical hardware that was keeping them alive to, to tie it into hockey do you think it was about the size of a penalty box Well, I've never been in a penalty box, James, because I am a classy player and also goalies don't go in the box, but, um, (laughs) we are a privileged breed, my friend, but yeah, that's, that's probably a a fair comparison. It probably is not much bigger than a penalty box. All right, cool. And, you know, that's, uh. (sighs) Oh, <sighs> it's it's just the what we and by we, I mean, mankind, I don't mean James and I, but what we are able to accomplish is just in if you take a step back and look at it, sometimes it's mind boggling what the human mind can achieve when they're put to the task.
1: Exactly right. And that's one good thing about healthy competition. And the other thing, too, is that I, I think, what was it, maybe it was the, uh, I don't know, 1960s, or very early 60s when President Kennedy laid down the gauntlet for Ask NASA. Ask
0: not what you can do for your, no, wait, that's not it. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Yeah, that, that that's right. That's what he said. Thank you, sir. Yeah, sure
1: he laid down the, the challenge for nasa to get a man or men on the moon mm-hmm. before the decade was out and they did and absolutely amazing and just like gary said to put it in perspective the technology was like uh compared to nowadays it was like sticks and and bear skins, you know it was really, yeah, really amazing
0: it really is it's uh well you know it's a testament to uh good old ingenuity and hard work and uh you know, Good on them, unless you're one of these uh, moon landing deniers who think that they filmed it all in a studio. In which case, I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> did you see the MythBusters episode when they completely proved that it was real? I it, did. It was I without a shadow. Shout- yeah. Okay, okay, just making sure. Uh, but you know exactly
0: right. You know what's a crime? Really, it, it's it's or not literally a crime, but a sin that the tapes, the original film reels that they took that footage from the moon with are lost. They have just been lost to history. And all we are left with is the tapes of the the downlink that the networks got to broadcast, which is a much, much lower quality than than the actual film that was taken on the moon.
1: Oh, wow, man. Mm Mm-hmm. They they just maybe, uh, I don't,
0: nobody knows what happened
1: to them. They they're just gone. I wouldn't be surprised if it's some jealous uh, Russian guy that holds a grudge. Maybe.
0: Yeah, either that or you know, funding was tight at NASA and they just rode over them. For you know, yeah. I don't actually they can do that with magnetic tape. You can't do that with film. So I I retract that statement. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about.
1: Okay, well I'm I'm sticking with my conspiracies. So.
0: All right. Yeah, I'm down with that. Thank you. They're, they're honestly, they're probably like in the the vault of some Russian oligarch or uh, <laughs> yeah. some some like African ivory trader or something. Yeah, like, right. uh, hey, check out my treasure!
1: You ain't kidding, man. <laughs> you know, with oh, the but,
0: the lost but, masterpieces and the, you know the the yeah. the, the Faberge eggs that went missing and the right. you know all that stuff. There you go. Um,
1: but uh, speaking of modern technology
0: and flying things, the New York, <laughs> the, the New York Jets. Yes, it's not. This is much less well remembered than the Miracle Mets. But uh, that championship that the Mets won that that was not the first championship team that Shea Stadium hosted that year
1: very good point you're absolutely right the uh, New York Jets yeah yeah,
0: prior to the Mets winning the World Series in 1969 the Jets who also played at Chase Stadium won Super Bowl three yes sir and uh, I believe it was um the day before my
1: father's birthday too so he being a huge Jet fan that was one heck of a present so we're still we're still waiting for uh another one but I kind of don't really care about the NFL right now. I mean, they've really shown, some of their players have really shown their true silliness and and ignorance. And um, I'm glad the Jets stink this year because my dad and I just aren't watching on principle. But anyway, back in 1969, they had a real league and and they put the AFC on the map and Broadway Joe Namath will love you forever, man. And that defense was (laughs) astounding as well. Yeah. So uh, that that was pretty amazing. But exactly, great point. Uh, Shea Stadium was the home of champions and it's, well long live Shay, but uh, anyway uh,
0: wait, wait, hang on a second I just wow. I want to I want to savor that sentence for a second because I don't know if anyone's ever said it before and I don't know if anyone will ever say it again Shea Stadium was the home of champions <sighs> okay carry on
1: <laughs> getting back to the uh, hockey point of view and thank you for bearing with us everybody if you're still sticking around Some of the 1968-1969 NHL season highlights, going into that season, no player had ever scored 100 points before, but after that season, three players did. Led by Phil Esposito of the Bruins, he had 49 goals and 77 assists for a new record at that time of 126 points. Of course, uh, Mr. Gretzky took care of that. Uh, Bobby Hull was second, but he had then the record for most goals in a season at 58. Again, Mr. Gretzky. And then uh, Gordie Howe ended up third with 103 points. So he was just four points off of Bobby Hull. So that was pretty amazing in in, uh, the season for the NHL. Over in pop culture, and again, uh, Gary and I have shown our love of the Beatles. They played the Apple Records building on top of the Apple Records building, which is legendary and one of the coolest things ever to happen in, uh, music. Of course, the Beatles were always at the fore of that. And the album Abbey road was released as well in 1969.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is of course a, uh, a classic album for, uh, you know, so many, so many great hits. And, and speaking um, of streets. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I wonder if they, uh, <laughs> I wonder if they play Abbey road hockey to conquer cancer. <laughs> Another street
1: I'm thinking of, though. That's a great idea. Something premiered in 1969, which is right up your alley.
0: 1969 also saw the premiere of Sesame Street, which uh, yeah, and, and I, I don't know if they play Sesame Street hockey. Uh, I think <laughs> I would like to see that. Although nowadays they'd probably shove Elmo down our throats and Elmo's an all-star. Ugh. <laughs> Cookie Monster would probably eat the puck. Cause yeah. It, right. Uh, reminds him of. Well, he's he's like veggie monster now. He 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 eats, he likes cookies, but he also, you know, they're part of a balanced meal. So he also eats fruits and vegetables. Mm. So uh, he'd probably think it was an orange or something. I mean, he'd eat it because he eats anything. Uh, he'd probably eat the, the sticks and the helmets, too, if you gave him the opportunity. Um, my sister likes to say he has pica. But uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, he'd uh, Oscar would be poo pooing every play and and you know <laughs> heckling people from his can. Um, <laughs> Big Bird, uh, I don't see him being very good. Honestly, he's very tall, but he's not very fast, and he doesn't react quickly. So uh, um, sounds like a great riff. Mm-hmm. I think Bert and Ernie would probably be be decent at it. Bert would would be okay he'd probably be uh i don't know a defenseman or something and ernie would would definitely be a forward but he would you know mess around a lot and uh he he would you know like he he'd he'd be doing like trick plays and and hiding on the bench and like he'd he'd mess (laughs) around just as much as as he he would score but he probably would score because he seems like the kind of guy with that sneaky talent that that comes out of nowhere you don't you underestimate him but uh
1: how about Super oh, Grover? Would you go with Super Grover or regular Grover?
0: Uh, regular Grover, definitely, because Super Grover always seems to get his helmet stuck over his head uh, or, uh, like, get tangled up in his cape. Or, um, you know, regular Grover at least is occasionally competent.
1: <laughs> this is an excellent uh, assessment. This I th- nice think,
0: honestly, I think I would make Telly the referee. Ah, good one. Very good. Tally Monster, yeah, okay. he's 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 my my choice for referee. I don't think and, I don't think Snuffleupagus. But maybe Snuffy could be the goalie. I'd make Snuffy a goalie. So he's not imaginary anymore. No, no, he's legit. He has a family. Okay. okay. Oh, he does. Yep. Okay, that's good for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mother, father, little sister. He's uh, he's he's he's, he's pretty real. Okay. Um, may I have a recommendation? If they were to do play by play, I
1: have a great guy who could do play by play for. Uh, Go ahead. Sesame, Sesame Street hockey guy
0: Smiley. Yes, guy Smiley. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I
1: think Kermit the Frog would be the sideline reporter. Oh yes. Oh, I can't. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, I can't uh, forget Kermit. I forgot yeah. he was one of the. He was the only guy that was able to do both. Right. Yeah. Sesame I think Street and he Lumpet. was the only one that crossed
0: over. I think. Yes. Okay.
1: All right. So that that that's really special. So maybe uh, guy could be
0: the. Um, the color guy or something as long as, no no i i think uh i think kermit is like the you know he's he's the the pierre maguire of the uh, okay. the sesame street hockey league i think he's uh, he's job. between the benches you know uh, hi ho kermit the frog here <laughs> um and, uh, i i would yeah i would not want the two-headed monster anywhere near this game if i'm being honest I, I see nothing good coming from that. Uh, the count, the count, obviously uh. he's. You know, I think the count is probably the color guy. Oh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't put him as the scorekeeper. <laughs> I think he would get carried away. One, one shot, two shots, three shots, ah, uh, 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 and every time you know he'd like they would they'd have to call the game for thunder and lightning because he just you know. How about if he's going to announce the last minute of play? <laughs> one, one minute <laughs> remaining. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Fifty nine, fifty eight, fifty seven. Ah, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that would that would also, uh, you know, with with the penchant for counting on Sesame Street, uh, you know, it's that that could be dangerous. I want to see this. I really want to see this bad. <laughs> yeah uh you know in the what is it christmas eve on sesame street it opens it's not hockey but it opens with them ice skating at a at a skating rink so they're halfway there really oh boy yeah so and then they take the subway home so oh god bless i hope they didn't get stuck like we do every day (laughs) yeah well it was a different time yeah i hear you but i i like this i like this i want to see it too i think we have something here Excellent
1: stuff. And and just to close the book on 1969 and the greatness that it was and celebrating our 69th edition of Hit the Deck, the Godfather book was published. And again, for me, I don't know what was in the water that year, but every car was incredible that came out of America that year, including the 69 Charger, the Corvette, the Boss 429 for you Mustang fanatics, the GTO Judge. The Trans Am and the Camaro ZL1, just to name a few. Just every car looked awesome. The performances were insane. The the sheer muscle power and the transmissions and uh, I mean they didn't handle that great, but we didn't care because we just wanted to go down a straightaway fast as possible and worry about everything else later. But amazing stuff for for the guys over in uh, in the American uh, car companies back then. So well done.
0: Yeah, I'm about as far from a gearhead as you're gonna find. So. Uh my wife is a big fan of cars, so, you know, you're, you're going to have to take the lead on this one. I'm, uh, I'll take your word for it. Okay, yeah,
1: and, and to this day, these are some of the most collectible cars in the world. So
0: Awesome. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. All right, well, I guess we've reached another milestone, the end of another Hit the Deck podcast. And which episode of Hit the Deck was that again? I already forgot. 69, dudes! Right, right, it was that one. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. So anyway, as it is the close of episode 69 with this episode, as with every episode, I would like to very much thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast. I would like to thank Anthony Sejazi for providing music to the podcast the LIQ for sound effects. I would like to thank you, of course, for listening to this podcast, especially that last segment where we uh, really, really, uh, I think might have hurt ourselves reaching um, <laughs> on on this, uh, you know, relevance to the podcast. But um, thank you. Thank you for making it this far. We Defensive stick,
1: skill stick, whatever that is. Yeah,
0: right? Yes, <laughs> we genuinely do appreciate it. So um, thank you again for that. If you would like to contact us and tell us whether or not you think that this was a good idea uh, please feel free to do so email us at hit the deck at gmail.com deck is dek you can just look up at the title of the podcast and yeah, just that at gmail.com and you can also reach us on Facebook we are at hit the deck on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter you can tweet at us at hit the deck pod add that pod at the end or you will get some uh, I don't know wrap album account or something. I don't know, whatever. Uh, But it's not us. It's not us. So hit the deck pod and um, YouTube. I want to mention YouTube now. You can, of course, comment on any of our videos, but that's not why I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up because I have a good feeling. I'm feeling uh, uh, confident, in fact, that if you subscribe to our channel on youtube hit the deck hit the deck podcast i think it is actually on youtube then this weekend you might get a notification that a new video has gone up if you're lucky and if you're good so you know keep an eye out for that in the meantime if you've not already done so subscribe to this very podcast in its audio form and you will get it as soon as it drops every single week without having to go look for it That's the kind of quality service, the white glove service that we provide here on this podcast because we are classy gentlemen. And you can go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, which is now Apple Podcast, on Stitcher, on Spotify, or really anywhere where you get your podcasts from. That is my tip for you. So you feel free to do that. James, is there anything that you would care to add?
1: yeah just to follow your lead thank you for your patience for listening out there and we do promise we have
0: many deck hockey
1: topics to make up for on next week's or at least next edition of Hit the Deck so please be patient thank you
0: yeah so we are looking forward to next week next week's gonna be a fun one so thank you once again for hanging in there and I just of course like to remind you that whether you are out playing deck hockey whether you're uh, driving around in a muscle car Whether you're watching your favorite sports team that's not hockey related, whether you're uh, playing NHL 18, or whether you are going viral, painting your face, and sticking a cancer stick in your mouth, I would like to remind you, urge you, implore you to recall that it is deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Bert probably would make a better official. He's, he's pretty timid. Maybe a linesman. He'd probably make a good linesman.
1: That's a good point because he does have the stripes already, so just turn him black and white. <laughs> yeah, so he's, that's he's, true, yes. He's all set. <laughs>